Dr. Seuss says, why fit in when you were born to stand out? Our guest today will explain why this is more true today than ever before. Steve Stewart, are you ready? Let's go! Hey everybody, Ryan Roten here, and this is the Brand New You Podcast, where we explore how to use personal branding and social media to impact your career. No need to look any further, you found the podcast dedicated to helping you create a brand new you. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Brand New You Show. I'm Ryan, your host, and today we welcome back to the show Dory Clark, author of the just-released book, Stand Out, How to Find Your Breakthrough Idea and Build a Following Around It. Now, for those of you who are traveling along the journey with me to create a brand new you, it really is required reading. In Stand Out, Dory provides us with the roadmap that we need to take our personal brands to the next level, to that place where we can all become the Google of our niche, as I discussed in episode 16 of this podcast, Building Your Personal Brand Online. Speaking of building your brand online, I've developed an online brand assessment that will help you understand whether or not you stand out online. The assessment is free, and when you're finished, you'll be given a score and a link that will explain your score and how well you stand out online. The best part? You can do all of this from your phone. Head on over to mypersonalbrand.rocks, that's .rocks, sign up and take the assessment. When you finished, send me a tweet at Ryan Roten. Let me know your score and how well you stand out online. Dory's new book, Stand Out, is, in my opinion, a natural follow-up to her first book, Reinventing You. I've already read Stand Out twice now, and will probably read it a third time before the year's out. To say that I've enjoyed it would be a tremendous understatement. And as you might be able to tell, I'm super excited to welcome Dory back to talk about her new book, Stand Out, how to find your breakthrough idea and build a following around it. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Once somebody's chosen their destination and they've kind of closed some of their skills gaps and they've decided, you know, they're, they want to move forward um, in, in the direction they've chosen, there, there's actually a, a Dr. Seuss quote that I love. Um, and it's very relevant to this discussion, actually, which is today you are you. That is truer than true. There is no one alive who is youer than you. How can we take that quote and apply it to our unique selling proposition? Yeah, yeah. Do- Dr. Seuss always knew how to boil it down. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. So, so I think you know this. This really ties into the the message of of my new book, Stand Out, which is that it, it's really it's no longer optional to, to stand out. It, it's something that, that everyone needs to think about and to embrace because we live in a world where it, it's easy to become a commodity. You know, you are always going to find somebody on Elance or on Odesk uh, from, you know, from a different country that is willing to do whatever you're doing cheaper. And so barring other information people are always going to choose the cheapest option. And so the, you know, the result of this, if you want to have any kind of future career security, you need to give people a very darn good reason why they should not choose the cheapest option and instead should pick you. And that comes from showing that you have exceptional quality, that you uh, have an exceptional knowledge of your field, in fact, becoming a recognized expert. And it doesn't mean 
that every person has to be the world expert in their field. Clearly, that's you know not statistically doable. Mm-hmm. But what it does mean is that you can be a local expert. You can be the 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 expert in your company at website design or the expert in your company at training and coaching, you know, whatever it is, but you want to be that go-to person because it gives people a reason to turn to you. It makes you indispensable in your context. And that is really powerful. Let's talk about that for just a minute. How, how do people find that niche or topic or area of interest that they're really passionate about that they could be an expert in that they could, that could help them stand out? So when it comes to finding the niche that that enables you to to really um, be be viewed as an expert, as someone who has something to contribute, what I suggest, I mean, for some people, this is an easy question because you know maybe they they have always had a passion and you know it's the thing that they've uh, that they've studied or spent a lot of time uh, focusing on. Not not everyone has that though, and you know I can certainly say from my own experience. There was a range of things that I was interested in, but I wasn't sure how to narrow it down. Uh, you know, from the time I was I was in high school or in college, you know, I liked the news, I liked uh, media, I liked politics, uh, you know, I liked sort of psychology. But um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things you can do in those realms, and it was hard to narrow it down. So I think part of it really is uh, this you know this question of experimentation that we were just talking about. You know, tr- try it out. Do do an internship. Do you know do some volunteering. Internships also you know it's important. To note this is not just for college students. I, I actually in stand out profile a guy named Tim Walker. Who uh, who was an intern for Seth Godin, the uh, the great marketing author, mm-hmm. and Tim at the time that he did this, he was thirty five years old, and he had just sold the company, and you know a lot of people would say that guy's doing an internship. <laughs> yes, that guy is doing an internship because he had always loved Seth Godin, and he said when I interviewed him that he just he thought that it was an outdated. Uh, model of learning that you learn everything you're ever going to learn in college and then you're done. Uh, he said that that he re, you know really views it as uh, as a lifetime commitment that you keep learning different things and if you have the opportunity to sit shoulder to shoulder with your hero, you find a way to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's an important message for everyone. Well, let's say let's say somebody's found their what they believe to be their breakthrough idea. So you know, it's it's the direction they want to go. It's the it's the path they want to take. How, how what is the best way for them to begin to get the word out about their idea? So what I discovered in the course of researching Standout is that for the ideas that really break through, you know, the things that they kind of go viral and permeate the culture. There's a three-step process to idea dissemination. And basically, the, you know, I'll explain each of these, but it, it starts out as one-to-one idea transmission. Then it goes one-to-many. And then it, it finally reaches many-to-many. And the basic idea behind this, the, the first step you need to do in spreading your ideas, the truth is they may not, you know, the minute they come out of your head, they may not be ready for prime time. And so it's important to have a, a small group of trusted advisors who can help you vet your ideas, shape them, improve them. Uh, they might be able to provide some early support. 
that's really valuable in getting your idea going and getting it ready. Next, you do one-to-many idea transmission, which is where you begin to spread the word about it. And this is, you know, all the things you might think of. It's blogging, it's podcasting, it's giving speeches. But it basically what it is, is it's giving the world a way to hear about your idea. It's giving the world a way to find you. And uh, so you spread your message that way. And then the final step, the step where an idea really, you know, takes root and, and becomes lasting is many-to-many idea transmission, which is where it is no longer just you who is spreading the word. Any idea that you're the only one talking about it is not going to last very long because there's only so many people you can reach. There's only so much talking you can do. What you need is for other people to take up the banner and to become your ambassadors. And if you have an idea that is good enough that, that it really resonates with other people that, you know, they say, Oh yeah, I can really see the value in this for me. Um, then they will begin to spread it and it will begin to, uh, to, to reach the next level. Yeah. So as you begin to build your network in the one, the one-to-one part of the three-step process, um, I was reading uh, the section I found in your book fascinating was the one by uh, John Cochran, Corcoran, I believe is uh, how he says Cor- it. Yeah, Corcoran. Corcoran, yep. sorry. Uh, and he's building his network using interviews, uh, which I found particularly interesting. I, I'm sure you can guess why. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Right. And, but you know, for me approaching people to ask for the interview was something that, you know, I had to overcome some self doubts about for myself. What suggestions do you have for people to take that first step to, to, to get them started building that network so they can, they can at least get step one going. Yeah. So, so Ryan, when it comes to, to building your network, I think that the reason that I included John's are, you know, the, the case study about John in the book and wanted to really drive that home is that most people will find themselves in the position. I mean, literally, I think almost everybody except, you know, maybe if, if you're, uh, if you're already Mark Zuckerberg or something like that, they will realize that if, if they want their idea to spread as far as they would like, they need to grow their network, that uh, that they don't yet know everybody that they need to know uh, for the word to spread. And so how do you do it? And the problem is that the more prominent the person is that you want to build the relationship with, the, you know, the, the more requests they have, the harder it is to get in touch with them. Mm-hmm. And so consequently, um, you know, you have to do something different than everyone else in order to get noticed. Other, otherwise, you're just going to be grouped in with the 50 other people that are saying, oh, can I take you to lunch? Oh, can I pick your brain? <laughs> right. And you know, they're just going to think, oh, God, yet, yet another one. No, I can't cope. I can't do this. Yeah. Oh, it's that Ryan guy asking for an interview again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, you know, the interesting thing is that an interview is viewed very differently. It's, it's put into an entirely different category than can I pick your brain? Uh. That is a taking request. Whereas an interview is a giving request. It is somebody who is saying to you, you know, yes, it, you know, it's the same half hour or an hour of somebody's time, but it's not just, oh, you know, Ryan wants to steal my good ideas. Right. It's, Ryan wants to give me an opportunity to share my message with thousands of people. And that, that's, and you know, it's going to live forever on the internet. Um, that's viewed very, very differently. And it enables you to approach even very prominent people from a position of power, from a position of being a peer rather than a supplicant. And so that's why I think the, the interview strategy for networking is so powerful. 
that's amazing the way just the way to think of it that that way it it kind of takes the drops your guard a little bit and it, i think it makes it a lot easier for people to move in that direction to do that because by looking at it from a giving standpoint as opposed to a taking standpoint i think that could make a big difference for a lot of people who are listening who might be who might be a little hesitant to go and approach other people um to quote unquote pick their brain uh but I, to me that's that's a great pearl of wisdom and a great takeaway for, for how you go about approaching people and overcoming that self-doubt that you might have. Yeah, thank you. Now, as we go to one to many and we start to build our audience, how important is it to have for somebody to have a blog or a website? So I, you know, I do, I do think that it's pretty important and I'll tell you why. First of all, you know, what people need to recognize is that their professional reputation is now operating on two parallel tracks. Both of them are really essential. Uh, you know, one is the is the track that has always existed, which is what do people who are around you think of you? What do your coworkers think about you? What do your friends think about you? But something that's changed in the past, you know, ten to twenty years is that now you have your reputation online. And that's actually the way that a lot of people get to know you. We're all doing business more with people across the country or across the world. You might not have even ever met them, but what they know about you is things that, that they've found online. Certainly anyone who's applying for a job or you know, if somebody is considering doing business with you as a, as a consultant, they are going to Google you and they are going to judge you based on what your online reputation is. And so if you uh, just have a haphazard online presence – where you know some of it's you know about your book club and some of it's about you know your your running times in a race and you know there's not really a lot of professional stuff out there they're going to say is this person really serious mm-hmm. uh so you want to create the kind of online presence that really shows people uh you know gives them the the message that you want them to receive oh this person really knows his or her stuff uh i i feel confident in doing business with them and so you know it's easier than ever uh you you don't even have to start your own blog you could just literally get get started by uh blogging on linkedin which now anyone with a linkedin account can do uh that's a great way of you know beginning to dip a toe in the water and demonstrating your expertise to others and uh and having your own website I do think that that's pretty important. Um, that is that is your online outpost. That is your home online. It's something that clearly uh, Google is going to recognize as being pretty valuable and important. I mean, I know on my Google search results, my uh, my homepage, you know, that I created for my website that that's the first thing that comes up. Uh, Google looks at it and says, "Oh, you know, that is that is highly relevant." Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's the opportunity for you to shape the perception rather than having it be shaped by other people uh, and by random things. Yeah. I think a lot of people forget that when you type your name into, into Google's search bar, uh, your name just became a keyword. And so Google is going to go out and it's going to curate all the content it can find on your name or the keyword, and it's going to pull it back. And, and people really need to be paying attention to what they have online about them because, you know, in a, in the world that never sleeps, now our first impressions are often made online instead of face to face. And so I think I agree with you. I think people absolutely have to pay attention to what they're uh, posting online and what the Google results say about them. Yeah, absolutely. A, lo- a lot of people don't don't really recognize the the full importance of it. They say, "Oh, yeah, I should get to that someday." But <laughs> it's it's how people are judging you now. 
As we move into the many to many and we're beginning to build a community, what is the main difference between building an audience and building a community? Building an audience is uh, is clearly critical for uh, you know for getting your message out there. You need you need people listening to you. Uh, you need them to uh, to recognize who you are to say, oh, that's a good idea. You know, ultimately, uh, having worked in politics, there's you know there's a famous saying in politics that uh, before someone will even consider voting for you, before they even you know remember your name, they have to have seen your name seven times. Mm. And so uh, you know, c- most campaigns adhere to that. And that's why they're so intent on making sure, oh, okay, they've got to reach you, you know, with phone callers. They've got to reach you with door knockers. They've got to you know, have yard signs and bumper stickers and things like that just so people will get your, your name recognition up. Um, and so similarly, you, know, it's, it, you kind of go through that process with people feeling ready to, uh, to do business with you. You've got to have this name recognition and people reading your things and saying, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that idea. A community, however, is, is one step up. You know, a community is people who are not just listening to you and consuming it passively, but are taking action and are, uh, engaging with each other around your ideas. So, you know, this, this is sort of a powerful shift because it's not just passive consumption, it's active engagement. And so, you know, one person I profiled in the book is uh, Scott Belsky, who was the founder of Behance, uh, which was a, a startup that ultimately uh, a couple of years ago sold to Adobe. It was, uh, it was an online community for creative professionals. And it really became a hub where people gathered, where there was a lot of discovery of people's work. Uh, they were able to comment on each other's portfolios. And it became a, a go-to place for creatives. And as a result of that, um, you know, you're, you're adding value because it's not just about them getting stuff from you. It, it becomes exponentially multiplied because they're getting value from each other as well as from you. As, you, as everybody writes a book, there's all you know. You're doing a lot of research, and you're learning a lot of things, as well as combining your ideas, um, you know, with those of others. What one lesson did you learn when writing stand out that uh, really surprised you, or made you, made, you know, just kind of gave you pause and went, you went, huh? I didn't, I wouldn't have thought of that, or I didn't think of that before. Yeah, there were there were a lot of interesting things that I learned in the course of researching standout. You know, I, I was interviewing more than fifty top thought leaders in a variety of different fields. Uh, so, so I learned a lot from them in terms of how to get recognized and how to build a following around your ideas. But I would have to say, stuck with me the most from standout is the idea that everyone has a contribution to make. I think that um, part of the reason that I, I profiled people who are both very, very famous in their industries, like, you know, a Daniel Pink or a David Allen uh, in the business writing world, or uh, Eric Schott, who's a a very famous scientist. I I profiled them, but also people whose names most people wouldn't know. And the reason for that is a lot of people think it is a special breed of people, a special class of people that are the thought leaders, that have the, you know, the brilliant ideas, and that everyone else is just a normal person. And you know, that's, that's really not the case. We all can stand out. I mean, you know, sure, statistically, not everyone is going to be you know, the expert in the world at things, but we have the capability, and in fact, we have the responsibility to 
take the ideas that we have and get them known and to just, you know, sort of shrug it off and say, well, that's, you know, that's not for me. That's somebody else. Um, I think it's irresponsible to the world because the world needs your best ideas, but it's also irresponsible for, for your own career because you, you need to stand out in order to have the kind of job security, the kind of career security that you need these days. Um, the, you know, even if you would like to stay at the same company for the rest of your life, if you're an employee, that's a wonderful thing to do, but we can't always control it. And so the, the most powerful position you can be in is to know what you want to do and, you know, to be, to be aiming towards it, but to say, you know what, if that doesn't work out, I've got other options. It sounds like you're saying that standing out is no longer um, a choice. It's becoming more and more of a requirement in today's day and age. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I think if people are uh, are willing and able to uh, to dive in and to you know to to take the risk because you know it is it is a little bit of an emotional risk to put yourself out there to put your ideas out there. But if they're willing to do that, there is a really large benefit. Uh, you know, at the at the end of the rainbow. Well, Dory, as we start to wrap up here, what is the best way for the listeners to get in touch with you, learn about reinventing you, and of course, your new book, uh, Stand Out? Yeah, thank you so much, Ryan. So uh, the the place that I would send people is my website. It's doryclark.com, D-O-R-I-E-C-L-A-R-K.com. And part of the reason that I hope your listeners will go there is that I actually created a free 42-page workbook based on Standout. Uh, it is, uh, it's taking 139 questions uh, from the book and, you know, which are, which are meant for reflection for people to ask themselves in order to really uh, determine, you know, what what is your breakthrough idea? How do you build a following around it? This is kind of prompts to help you in that direction. And uh, put that together in workbook format, and that is available for free uh, to folks who sign up for my e-newsletter at doryclark.com. Uh, as well, I have about 400 free articles available on the website. And if folks want to get in touch, I am at doryclark on Twitter. And you are accessible through Twitter. You do respond to people. I see you do that throughout the course of the day. And um, I can tell you that a lot of people that I follow, that's, that's rare these days. So you are doing, you're not only writing a book called Stand Out, but you are following the practices that you um, put into the book as well. Oh, thank you so much. It, well, it, it's, it's great to, to have the time to talk with you, Ryan. I really appreciate you uh, putting me on the roster for this conversation. <laughs> no problem. Any final thoughts, words of wisdoms or tips you'd like to leave with the listeners today? The tip that I will leave you guys with is to, to make sure that, that you're thinking big. Um, one of the things that, that I discovered in the course of researching Reinventing You is that one of the very best ways to get recognized for your ideas is to make sure that you are tackling a problem worth solving. There's, there's a lot of people who spend all their time on small, incremental innovations. You know, it's, oh, let's make a smartphone and make it a quarter inch wider. Mm -hmm. And that's nice, but that's not going to change the world. But if you're really willing to engage and to look at problems that need solving, if you aim toward it, can really help you 
uh, make a difference, make an impact and get noticed for doing it. Dory, thank you very much for coming on today. I greatly appreciate it. And I wish you the best of luck with the new book, Stand Out, how to find your breakthrough idea and build a following around it. Thank you, Ryan. Did you catch it? Standing out is no longer optional. And with the release of Dory's book, any excuses you may have had about not knowing how to get started have been erased. How many of you listening to this right now are driving to a job that doesn't fulfill you? How many of you listening feel stuck in either life or in your career? How many of you listening deep down inside know that you were meant for something bigger, something better? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I have one additional question for you. Why? Why are you choosing this direction for yourself when you know you were made to be so much more? Speaking of choosing your direction, I'm reminded of yet another quote from Dr. Seuss. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. So which direction will you choose? The well-worn path of long commutes so you can continue being unfulfilled in your work and life? Or will you choose the overgrown grass path where the destination is not as easily seen and the route not well marked? If you choose the latter, I can tell you it won't be easy, but it will be worth it. And now with the release of Stand Out, you have yet another great resource to help you along the way. Speaking of resources, don't forget to take my 100% free online brand assessment. To find out your online brand score and whether or not you stand out online, visit mypersonalbrand.rocks and take the assessment today. In addition to your score, you'll also get access to a downloadable PDF version for the assessment so that you can use it to track your progress towards standing out online. So as we close out this episode of the Brand New You Show, I want you to take some time today. Think about your current direction. Compare it to your desired direction. Know that you have the ability to steer yourself in any direction you choose. You owe it to yourself to make a small investment in your future. Take the online brand assessment. Pick up Dory's books, Reinventing You and Stand Out. Read them. Implement the actions. Get started today, because a year from now, you'll wish that you had. So until next time, I've been Ryan, and I'm out.